words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. Recorded at the Little Ranch House on Southwood Drive in Lufkin, Texas. For the next hour, we're going to talk about building, repairing, and maintaining all designed with the blind in mind. Here are the hosts for the Blind Handyman, John Shaw. <laughs> Rainy day time. How are you doing? Uh, John, good to have you with us. Don Patterson's in the house. Yes, sir. Boy, and with the rain, the tomato plants are really looking good. Hey, hey, hey. My name's Tom Houston, but here's the creator. And the producer of the blind handyman, Phil Parr. <laughs> oh, some guy not only threw tomatoes at us, he threw the whole plant. That's what we're talking that, that's about. That's how we got, yeah. got on tomato plants. He threw the entire plant at us. Well, uh, I know you're all interested in what we've been doing this week. We, I, I, I used to play back in Houston when I was a musician. I played a job every night. About 7.30, they'd run me out to the club. I'd start drinking. I mean, start playing <laughs> at about 8.30, and we'd play till 1 o'clock. I did this every night, Tuesday through Saturday, with you know for 15 years every night at some club. Uh, and Don Pat and, and I and a couple other guys, the Harkness Brothers, the Harkness Brothers. I hadn't thought about that. No, yeah, you're the Harkness Brothers. So. Are playing a job Friday night, and it's taken the entire week. We've rehearsed <laughs> twice. 
you know, I've been fooling with this drum machine. All it's just taking the entire week to play this one crappy little job that we're going to. Well, you know, you're having the dust off uh, the sheet music from the annals of history, as it were, and get out ancient equipment to see if it works. See if it all still works. And test the new stuff that you didn't know how to operate. (laughs) Yeah, I've got this drum machine. I have no idea. I hope it works. Got a new drum machine, did you? No, it's actually it's an old drum machine that I've just taken out of mothballs and Uh Patterson had some pedals and we. uh, we're using those little pedals to stop and start it, and it has a little count off. And then you're into your little drum pattern. So anyway, we're going to play this job. If you're in the area, it's at the, um, what's the name of that club? You know, the, the, name the, of the Briars Club, and there's a $5 cover charge. So do drop in. <laughs> uh-huh. We'd certainly love to have you. We need all the money we can get. I'd like to pay you the driveway. Anyway, it's taken all week long. We've been worried about this silly little job, and tomorrow night it'll all be over. Four hours of, you know, yeah, whatever. Uh, uh, the warden told me, you know, she's going to get to go to this. In fact, she's kind of taken over the, uh, the warden crowd procurement, I guess you could say. Well, she has. Them. She's mm-hmm. invited everybody she knows in Lufkin, but uh, she told me, she said, you know, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow night. And I said, great, dear. I'm really looking forward to Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you call yep. him? The, uh, yep. the, the warden. The warden. The warden, yeah. We weren't able to come up with any shows that had a mention of the warden on the other day. That's Don's wife. Don well, just... that Don actually bleeps him out when he when he's preparing yeah, the show. He does. To send that takes him out when he, <laughs> you hope so. he, he, he substitutes uh, yeah. darling and, uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Terms of sweet, endearment. Sweet pea. Terms of endearment. Do you think? Huh? Probably oh. so. Yeah. Well, what else is going on? Nothing else. What's happening? And I guess uh, how's Martha? Uh, oh, wonderful. I always want to ask it's about wonderful. Martha. Yeah. Tom's mother-in-law lives with him. Uh-huh. So that accounts for his attitude. But, uh, <laughs> and Shaw, just from memory, mem- knew from memory the number of the radio reading service in Houston. From 100, from 100 years ago. I and mean, that's pretty amazing, uh, Shaw. We, we're, uh, yeah, that was a, a, a deal, wasn't it? Yeah, I still remember the K News' numbers, Jackson 32581. Yep. The number of K News, which is a Spanish station now. K News is 1230. 222. Triple two, twenty two, twenty two. Cab company. That's a cab, you know, the old cab company. Yep. All right. Now we've BS for five minutes. What have we got? We, got to, we didn't have much email this week. What's the deal with email? We're just It's just I dropped think, off to nothing. I think the group page is taking over the email. Group page is taking email. We, we need email. I don't know why people don't email us anymore. I guess they, uh, they I guess there are people. You know, I'll tell you one thing that happened. The reason, one of the reasons we had a little spurt in the list there, y'all. Yeah. Some extra members. Yeah. It, we were we mentioned in dialogue. Magazine. Did I tell you that? No, you didn't. Yeah, it was oh. mentioned in Dialogue Magazine, written up as a... It, it, Dialogue has a section called What's Happening. Really? Okay. And this had the blind handyman tune in. I mean, the blind, had the blind handyman list. Didn't mention the show. Uh-huh. Ah. <laughs> now, the, the list has outgrown the show now. What's the deal here? Well, we yeah, we did get some new members. So. Yeah, we have several That's new members. Real good. Uh, we do, actually. So, uh, sure if you do. want to join the list, let us just tell you, it is it is blind handyman dash subscribe yes at yahoogroups.com is that right that's correct blind handyman dash subscribe at yahoogroups.com if you want to email us our email address is just uh, blind handyman at yahoo.com right at hotmail.com oh at hotmail.com yep Yep. blind handyman at hotmail.com that's That's right if you'd like to email us and heaven knows we'd like to have your emails and we'll read them on the show speaking of emails ladies and gentlemen here he is 
the man with emails, Tom Houston. List mail, Tom. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to let you know that I picked up a new staple gun from Sears the other day. All right. It's the kind that puts pressure forward exactly where the staple goes. Now, I've been tired, or, or yeah, I've been tired of the gun that needs pressure in the back to push down the trigger. Yeah. While at the same time, requiring pressure in the front so the staple will go incorrectly. Yep. So if anybody's been wondering about such a purchase, go for it. It seems to me at least that, that it's well worth $19.99. It will also drive in small brad nails. Now, all I need to do is come up with a project to give me a reason to buy an electric nail gun, and this is from Dave Farron. Whom we've had on the show. Right, Dave. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. Uh, I have an electric staple gun that you don't have to put any pressure on at all. I mean, you just oh, hold you it don't. tight there and kapow. You don't. And it works well. But and I've heard of the new ones that you push down on from the front, and they say they really are a lot easier for a hand-type you know, hand gun. That Compared to the 1995 for this manual one, Phil, what do you think your... My electric one? Yeah. What's the uh, it was 29 bucks. Okay. Well, so it was 29 bucks at Abney's, uh, so it, it wasn't much. That static you hear is my mic has got some dampness in it. That's what it is. Okay. That's uh -huh. turn, turn, pull, pull my mic down. It'll quit. Okay. Try it. Let's, let's see here. Oh, that's me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's gone. That's you right. All right. Okay. Can you leave it okay. down? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Let me just pull that one off there, and we can just carry on. I guess. I don't. I got. I'll go get another mic. Uh, this one's got some damp. It always does this in the summer. I guess the air conditioner brings in dampness. Last year, I just I put it in the mic in the in the oven for about five minutes, and it took care of it. That took care of the problem. Okay. I swear. I mean, this is a you know it's a it's a very expensive microphone. That's the best one we have, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and I put it in the in the oven, and it cleared up that noise. Any, anybody have any suggestions about that? All right, go ahead, Tommy. Okay, it says, uh, a sad story. It says, hi, Liz. A blind guy I know with a beautiful summer house on a lake in upstate New York asked me for some advice. He noticed that the outside of his house felt spongy around his back door on his deck. Also, his door did not close correctly anymore. Mm -hmm. Not good. <laughs> right away, I knew what was wrong and asked him how long ago his deck was rebuilt and who did it. Six years ago, he said, and my brother did it. I went up to look at it last weekend and found that his brother had made a very common mistake. He had attached the deck to the side of the house. Uh, this seems like a reasonable thing to do, but what happens is the deck had caused water to be trapped between the deck and the house. And uh -huh. the water completely rotted out the siding about six inches above and below where the deck was attached. Uh, the plywood of the house was rotten as, as, as was much of the framing as far as I could reach. I checked the floor joist and still on top of the foundation wall, and mostly they seemed okay, but some were rotten. He was bummed. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. This, I imagine he was. This is a major repair. And the decks run uh, along almost the entirety of the back of the house and most of one side. Man. He's renting the house for the summer, so I built some temporary legs on the deck so it is self-supporting and covered the damaged siding until September. Now, to repair this damage, the deck will either have to be taken down or at least the piece attached to the house removed. The siding should be removed up to where there is still good wood. If there is damage to the wall studs, the inside sheetrock, must be removed and new framing lumber installed. Yep. The basement joists uh, must be changed. Oh, man. And any that are soft should have new ones sistered next to them. It's a bit hard to tell all the work necessary until you can expose the entire area. 
vertical supports and cross beams should be installed so the deck is freestanding. Uh, this repair is 100% blind friendly, but will take a weekend handyman many months to complete. That's the truth. Cost of materials is low, under a couple of hundred dollars. To have a contractor do it will be many thousands. Moral of this story, don't attach the deck to the house. There should be a gap so water will drain. If you want to have, if you want to or have to attach the deck to the house, you have to reside or rather reside at least the bottom row of siding down to the deck, flash it thoroughly, and make sure the deck slopes away from the house. That's the trick right there. Yep. That was going to be my suggestion. There you go. Make sure it slopes away. There, you mean there was no drip line out from this house, obviously. Undoubtedly not. Water just came right and down the side. He could have put something up there to keep the water from getting like a little gutter across the top there. Well, the, yeah, if he would have, you know, depending, we, we don't know what the composition of the deck floor was. Yeah. It, obviously, it wasn't split, uh, you know, what uh, the decking boards that you leave the little gap in because they would have dried fairly well. On, and then, obviously, too, the, the thing's not covered because you could get away with that if you've got a covered deck. It was a covered deck. If the roof extended out past your... If, your it floor. if it extended out six inches, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be cool. And, and, yeah, and I think the rule of thumb on that, the sloping something, was about like an inch of fall forever, what, four or five feet running? Something. I mean, I, there's kind of a standard little rule. Yeah, a formula that, for it. And, and, boy, I'll tell you, that just brings up a subject. Of, uh, I mean, water probably is responsible for as much damage in a house as, as anything you can Sure it is. Oh, I mean, sure. just... Uh, Water and mold and just, uh, you yeah, know. So this, this water was obviously running down the side of the house. Yeah, the yeah. drip line um, or, on the roof. Or, or, the, be, yeah. or the deck was slanted back toward the house or level, a little bit. You know, or or yeah. it was level. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I, don't, I disagree with this not attaching the deck to the house. I would attach the deck, but I'd have put a little gutter up there. But now that thought would not, uh, that probably wouldn't have crossed my mind until after the damage was done. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. right. And then there again, if you use now, you know, covering the whole deck, if it's solid plywood, now that, to me, that's kind of, you know, even if it was marine plywood, if there's just no place for the water to go. Yeah, if that's the deal is yeah. having the water to go. But you could you could buy a little gutter and run across the top. The there. top, you could have. Yeah. Would it would be the sensible thing to do? Tuck and put just tuck it under, or run a row of tack it close enough to the house and put some silicone uh, sealer right right above it so that water couldn't get down in there. And and uh, yes, just drop the deck just a little bit. Without flashing though, again, if you didn't have a roof, I could see even if you had a little bit of an overhang though, even how the in a Anything. really hard rain when the water came down and hit the deck. Even if it had uh, cracks between the lumber or whatever, the, some water, though, would splash back yeah. probably and go between the deck and the house and try to stand in there. And but surely this hadn't gotten through to the, to the, to the inside, to the, the, uh, to the studs and the sheet. Well, it, it sounds like it did. I, let me tell you, it's possible Emily has at her house right now, the house we're in, and it's probably 30-something years old. Uh, not counting her patio door, on in her little den, there's a little single entrance door, just a standard 36-inch door going yeah. outside. Yeah. And it had a little, it was like a little sidewalk came up to this door. It's very seldom used, and there was a little shed roof just right over this area. But you know, guess what? The sidewalk, that part of the ground slants kind of back toward the house. And she had water collecting there. And so when we, we uh, were remodeling, when she remodeled here about three and a half years ago, they replaced all of the sheetrock. 
sheetrock. Now, the sheetrock was still durable with elastic, except it was molding and mildew. Uh-huh. And when we got inside, you could tell that there had been a, some water damage to the seals yeah. and the, the yeah. studs. Wow. Well, and then that one time, Shaw, that, that doorstep by the washer and dryer that goes out the back of your house? Yeah. Rotted. Yeah. Now, I don't know how that happened, but it did. And I had to replace that little doorstep there. Replace We're it. Talking about the water splashing up, it probably came down and splashed up off the concrete deck. And I guess so. Since back you, in that area, since you've covered the patio, since, yeah. Since we covered it now, that hadn't, of course, been a problem. Boy, and then there's that rubber stuff that you could, that you could. I guess you could, if you put the deck right against the house, you could caulk along the edge, and you could keep. But the best thing to do would be slant the deck away from the house, or put a little gutter up, or do both. Yeah, what I do. Yep. Yeah, uh, sound like a big job uh, replacing yes, it all does, that. Man. Now, the guy's got a he's got a little show in front of him, doesn't he? Got something to? Oh man, that's pretty much too. <laughs> that makes me tired. Uh, Just thinking uh, about that, that was now. Peter Mikacek. Mikacek. Yeah, we've had him on. Peter, Peter Mikacek. That's what you yeah. say. Mikacek. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he's a he does a lot of stuff. He's got the energy. He's younger than we are. He's got the energy to do that kind of stuff. Now he's the guy from where? I can't remember. From New York. Is he from New York? Long yeah, Island, somewhere Long close Island, to Long yeah. Island. I think he may be, yeah. as opposed to to the, the guy from Medilla, New York. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then and Walter was from Buffalo, around yeah. Buffalo, New, New York. York. Walter yeah. Gramza? Yeah. The accordion player, Walter. Yeah. Right. Walter, I'll call you next week and give you Don's phone number. Well, he added a little post note here, a little oh, postscript. Right. Another problem from huh. the water damage is that black mold may have begun to grow. Uh, it may. And once the rot is problem. removed and all areas are exposed, it is best to get someone with a good eye to examine every inch and bleach or any mold. Yeah, but ble- bleach, bleach would be the best thing uh, for that. Yeah, that black mold now is a serious, serious yeah, get bleach in your Bleach in an attorney. That'll cure that. That'll, right. that'll uh-huh. solve that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Insurance, they're not covering that in Texas anymore, are they? That's, uh, they aren't. I don't no, think they are. No, I think they've... Uh, Man, that stuff can deal you some misery if you uh, ever get that started. Really can. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, Peter. Have fun. I'm, I'm sure you will, rebuilding the deck. Well, yeah, we're project. we're going to do our second week uh, this uh, this second time this week with this fellow named Dale Levins from Ontario, Canada. We actually didn't talk about handyman stuff. We got into some other things last week, but we're going to talk about his handyman work, and he does quite a bit of it. Be back with more of the Blind Handyman Show in just a moment. This is Steve Mazura. He's walking from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Living on the edge. I'm Roger Cool. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Purdue from the, the ACBRI DJs are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www.acbradio.org, then choose the interactive link. From there, you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring. 
latest breaking news stories, visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. All the news, all the time, from the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. On the ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Hi, everybody. It's Phil Parr back with our second segment of the Blind Handyman Show. And our guest for the second week in a row from, uh, I can't remember the name of the town. He'll tell us, though. Name is Dale Levins. Hi, Dale. How are you, sir? I'm just great, Phil. Good to have you with us again on our Blind Handyman Show. We talked about your occupation uh, last week as a physical therapist. And this week, I want to talk about some of the, the, uh, the things you've done. Namely, I think you told me the other day that you had put, uh, added to your home a two-story addition. Is that right yeah that's right um this house is a very old building and um it did need a little work when i bought it i knew that um some of it i didn't know needed doing anyway we had a little trouble with electrical outlet one day and i um i went to change it and uh, a little bit of this i don't know if you'd be familiar it's called zonalite insulation it's um Oh, it looks like mouse turds if you like oh, really <laughs> or bits of rice kind of stuff yeah, okay yeah i know what you're talking about cork mm-hmm. product anyway you know, I got about uh, eight or ten cups of this stuff came out of the hole in the wall, and I figured that's a whole two-story cavity. There should be a lot more than that in there. Anyway, I changed the light switch out, and or the um, socket out, and a um, plug socket out, and uh, and did a little bit more poking around. Found out that some of the cavities don't have didn't have proper insulation in them at all, and uh, I knew I had to do some work. So the project started to balloon. Uh, we had a deck on the south side that I was just going to cover and make a bit of a sun porch, but I thought, what the hell, going to this much trouble, I might as well uh, put some bedrooms upstairs because it was a small house and uh, with the kids still around. And so I, one thing led to another, and one day I had a man with a, a backhoe in here digging out the, all around the building so that I could uh, lay in new weeping tile. Yeah. And um, uh, this... Uh, what it would be well the extension 16 by 32 feet and the original house was uh 20 by 32 feet so it's almost doubled the size of the house it's a story and a half so the upper story has the sloping roofs mm-hmm. and um yeah so we put in a basement um again i was experimenting a little bit with the um the new pressure treated basements and uh so while i had the house apart at all siding off I double insulated it, which is, um, we have a standard here, uh, I don't know if it's common in the States, called R2000. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's an, um, an energy standard, and the idea is to um, um, get the house's energy as efficient as possible. Well, because it's an, uh, an existing building, some of it I couldn't quite do. But um, I did, I ran um, 
three and a half inches of styrofoam down over the concrete basement walls, the three sides that were exposed. And the fourth side, of course, is the new wood basement, and it's a double wall, two by six come two by four. And the vapor barrier between the two walls, and then you insulate on both sides. And so now I got, uh, well, I have also put in an energy efficient furnace. I, I didn't do that myself. I had some, you know, contractor do that because it's gas and you're not allowed to anyway. But, um, uh, so I've got, um, a little over, well, just about twice the square footage of the house and I'm heating it still for less than when I bought the place mm-hmm. as, uh, as half its size back in, uh, 1989. Now so we... I'm very pleased with it. It's worked very well. We talk about, or I, people that I know talk about, well, I built the house. Now, how much of this work did you do, your physical self? Almost all of it. Um, I uh, ran into, well, I built the trusses and I built the, the uh, walls and the decks and brought them up. Um, I had uh, people come. There was a teenage boy across the street and um, a fellow across the back lane there. I, what I would do is I'd assemble my walls on the deck and then I'd get them over to help lift them because... Yeah. Uh, you know, a 32-foot wall is pretty big. And yeah. you're on the second story, you sure don't want anybody slipping or, you know, you don't want to make any mistakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, when I, at those critical intervals, I'd get somebody to come and help out. And then as we got finished, I didn't get started until too late in the season for various reasons, uh, death in the family and so on. So um, we got kind of caught up by the winter. And... Um, I had the roof trusses up and started bringing up the plywood and so on, and it looked like we were going to get stuck, so I hired a crew to come and finish uh, the roof, uh, worked with me to finish the roof. Well, there were three guys. They did more work than I did on the roof, but uh, um, uh, it was the only practical way. I had a, a week to get it done because the snow was yeah. already coming in. And um, I hired another guy um, for a couple of, no, about a week, I guess, uh, to help me at that same time to um, um, get the last of the sheathing up and um, things like windows. I have uh, on this south side on the ground floor, I have, uh, I'm calling it a sunroom, and we have six of these big um, six-foot by four-foot high windows, uh, casement, um, and they're just too heavy for, a, a, you know, an individual to put into place, so you need uh, help with that. Two people, yeah, at least. Yeah. But um, for the most part, yeah, um, well, you know, my wife helped out a little, and uh, she's not very big either, but uh, she did her bit, and um, uh, the kids a little bit too, although they're not all that interested. Yeah. But, I, like, I remember, for example, um, uh, before I put the styrofoam around the basement walls, my daughter at the time, she's, but uh, she was in about grade 12, I guess, or grade 11 anyway, uh, her helping out, uh, she did two sides with, um, and I did the other with tarring the, the concrete, putting new tar on it, mm-hmm. and rolling it on with a roller and so on, and, uh, you know, things like that. So, well, like you do when you're a family, you know. But most of the work was done by your two hands. Oh, yeah. 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 And you, all the wiring were... and all the plumbing and yeah. all the drywall hanging, and uh, I still have some plaster work, some, um, you know, um, mudding to do, some plaster work to do there. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so the only reason you hired these people to help you with the roof is because winter was coming and you needed to get it done. Well, I had to get it done. It was yeah. uh, we were we were talking uh, last week in December or October and first week in November, and in fact it was at some point uh, we had had some snow blow in the before the windows were in place, and uh, my wife was out there on the second story deck shoveling the snow off, uh, <laughs> pushing it out the windows. Yeah, uh, because I didn't want it melting and dripping through to the floor below. No, and all that, that wouldn't be yeah. fun. So, and and uh, your winter up there is severe. I mean, it gets it really... Be, yeah, 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 yeah. 
this winter wasn't so bad. But mm-hmm. I, I, I learned a lot of things uh, several years ago when we built a house or had a house built sure. because I got to see everything these people did, and so I learned how to st- uh, stick frame walls and and just use things they did. How did you learn to do this thing? Did you did you uh, did your father teach you this, or where did you learn these skills? Um. I don't know that my father taught me much of it. I do remember us putting a basement under our house in Kirkland Lake when I was very young, but um, no, um, and I wasn't home a lot of the time either. But um, asking questions, just being interested, yeah, hanging around construction sites, talking to people, um, just examining, you know, things like people's sheds and so on, um, basically uh, frequently don't have any wallboard on, so you get to see how the structure of a wall goes. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a shed here before we built the house. It's, uh, what is it, 12 by 16 feet. And um, I designed the what do you call it? you know the um, cottage style roof so it slopes on all four sides. Now that's oh, so a it com- bit of working out. It comes to a point at the at, in the center. More or less, yeah. Oh, how nice! Yeah, and it, I did it because I wanted the full eight foot height and so on, but I didn't want this building to be too imposing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that would give us a little lower roof line. Well, you know, once you, I went and looked at a couple of other people who had them and climbed up and glommed around the yeah. the, uh, the truck work to figure out how it's done and uh, and then just did it, yeah. And figured you could do it, too. Well, absolutely, yeah. So you're you're one of those like me when you go to the restaurant, you sit down at a table and try to figure out how they made the table. Oh, absolutely. My wife we were gets... in Spain here a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah, in March, and uh, some interesting furniture there, and I just couldn't help but, uh, you know, geez, how they, what kind of joinery are they using here in Spain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. My wife fussed me. Phil, what are you doing? Well, I'm just looking at his table. I'm checking table's out made. the gum. That's right. <laughs> I want to know how this table's made. How did they do this? You know, and yeah. it's uh, Okay, so you, you wrote, uh, I saw on the list just a while ago, this wonderful description of how to sweat pipe together. I, oh, and I wanted to address that, too. Okay. Um, just uh, for those who are interested, um, I uh, have a... Um, see, I get a lot of information from my patients, too. Eh? They come from all walks of life. That's right? true. So I happen yeah. to have a guy who's a gas fitter who owns his plumbing and heating business, and he's got about half a dozen men working for him, mm-hmm. maybe more. And uh, I said to him, you know, I've got this problem with these uh, torches that you have to turn them on and strike them and so on unless you go to the big commercial ones with the hoses, and I don't want to do that. And he told, told me that um, there is one out there called a turbo torch, and it's a pistol grip, and when you squeeze it, it strikes the arc and really? uh, holds the flame. That's what you need. And exactly what I want. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've seen them before, but only with hoses and big tanks, you know, and I don't want that. So anyway, I've looked up the turbo torch, and I've looked up another one, uh, Bernzo torch, I think they're called. Um, we have them in Canadian Tire here, so you probably have them in Kmart down there. Yeah. Uh, they're 49 bucks here, um, and uh, so they're probably like 17 cents down there. <laughs> I wouldn't think. No. <laughs> well, actually, Canadian dollar is getting a bit stronger. Really? Uh, yeah. But um, what was I going to say? And so anybody who wants to do this, uh, the other torches, the... the, the um, you have to watch a little bit, though. They talk about self-igniting and pistol grip, and they are both self-igniting, but the um, the one type, you push a button after you turn the valve on, and when you want to turn the gas off, you've got to reach up and turn the valve off again. And really what you want to do is something that the flame dies the instant you let go. Yes. That way you can drop your torch and get to your both hands available to your solder. And that would be a far better device. Now, so for anybody who read that post and wants to sweat, get yourself a pistol grip torch, but make sure it's the kind that the flame goes on and off when you squeeze the... And, and you've posted this information on the list. I haven't yet. 
I but you're going that to. Out today. But you're, you're going to. But I you're will. Going to put that on the. The list is is turned out to be uh, one of the best things we did. You know, was get. Oh, that. absolutely. Because I've learned a lot of things from the list, and I think a lot of people have. If you're not on, it's uh, it's well, Donald. I'll let Don give you the address after a while. Cause I don't remember what the address is. Uh, now you're you're in, in your description of this. Once you have actually the pipe melts the solder. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes, the heat of the pipe is used to melt the solder. Otherwise, you get a joint that won't hold. If, if you try to melt the solder into the joint, and you can do this, um, it, uh, it it just doesn't stay. And so you, what you're trying to do is heat the pipe and not the solder. That's right. So how far back do you get from the solder when you when you're heating the pipe? Because you don't want to get right. You don't want to. I don't your... put the solder on the pipe until it's hot. I do a couple of practice runs. I'll touch the solder up to the um, to the joint, and you can usually feel it if you slide it along, just like pushing a pencil up until you hit the where the two pieces meet. I got you. And then I'll just back off a bit, and then I'll take it right away. In fact, I'll even set it down sometimes, or uh, quite often, um, if I have a shirt pocket, I'll stick the main roll in my shirt pocket. So okay. I always know where the end of that damn wire is going to be. Okay. And then uh, get the thing good and hot, and then just grab that, pull the, thought, the, the heat away from the pipe altogether, turn it off preferably. Get rid of it. And get rid of it completely. Yeah. And that's why I say these pistol grips would be better. And then you ra then you wrap the solder around just, the pipe. No, I don't wrap it around. I just take it and run the end of it along the pipe until it hits that joint. Yeah. And once it hits the joint, before you even get to the joint, you'll feel it starting to get soft and mushy. And, in fact, be careful because if it's overhead, bits of it drop off very often and they'll burn you. Now, you, you, until it gets to the joint, you mean you make a ring around the pipe and no, slide it just in? slide the, pipe, the piece along like a pencil, like I was starting uh, some distance down from the pipe. Okay. From the joint, and I just slide up until I feel a tip of it hit the, uh, the joint. Where and you, and you uh, said it makes a noise. It yeah. makes a noise, and you can usually feel the resistance as it hits because it's, you know, the, uh, the pipe goes inside mm -hmm. the elbow or inside the T. One pipe goes inside the other. That's right, and so and you can feel when that pipe hits the other. And, and you're on the smaller pipe? I'm on the smaller pipe as it goes into the bigger pipe. Into the bigger pipe, yeah. Okay, now how do you, eventually you have to wrap that, don't you have to make a ring there? No, if you just uh, touch it to the pipe, and uh, I, I try to be uh, above, you know, let's say it's a horizontal pipe. I got you. So over the, uh, it's round, and mm -hmm. so you have a crown, you know, uh, how would I say that? Yeah, well, it's round. So if you're at the top of the pipe, sliding mm -hmm. your stick along until you hit the the, um, the joint, the elbow or whatever, the joint, yeah. yeah. And then I move it just a little bit to one side and the other because what happens is the solder melts and then it runs around the pipe and actually gets sucked in between the pipe and the fitting that you're sticking it in. And so you move it to the left and then, then back to the right a, a little, little bit, bit. Yeah, but from the top side so that gravity okay. will melt and, it and draw it around. And it will, do, and it will just draw itself around. Absolutely. That is such a, an interesting, I, 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 I've got a torch, and my son has always done this. I've never done this by myself, but I'm going to. Yeah, you know what? Just get yourself a couple of fittings for the hell of it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and do and, them. And stick them in a clamp. Sure, nice and put, and them, put them in the vise or stick yep. them in a clamp or, and do it. Get her good and hot, and, uh, and that's all. You have clean, hot, and dry. You, you want the pipe um, with a good torch, what does it take, 10, 15 seconds to heat the pipe enough? Oh, it takes me a bit longer than that. Yeah, really? probably... 30 seconds. 30 seconds. How, how do you, how, how would you know when the pipe is hot? You don't really. You can often smell it. The flux as it starts to heat up will stink. And, um, and then you know when you take the heat away and touch the solder to it, does the solder melt? You, you know it. You know that. You know right away. If you want to test it just to see, put a little pan of water or something on the floor underneath where you're working. Uh huh. 
because you'll hear that solder melt and, and, and some of it will fall off into the pan, hits the water with a splash and a hiss. Make a little noise. Oh, it makes quite a noise, yeah. Now, this flux, you, this, is a, this is a liberal coating that you put I on put both. Pretty good, yeah. You put on both pieces of pipe. Yeah. The one going in and the one you're going into. Yeah. And this is, what is the consistency of, of this stuff? It's like, uh, you know, Vaseline? Sure. Just like that. And you just, but you, you can't use too much. Uh, not to my knowledge. I know the professionals slap on a lot of it sometimes. What is its purpose now? Um, there's a bit of acid in there, I believe, which uh, helps to remove any oxidation so that the uh, solder takes better. Okay. And it also acts to draw the solder up it, um, by capillary action, okay? Mm -hmm. Like uh, water runs up inside a tree. Um, the, the space between the pipe and the fitting that you're pushing it in is very small. But you want that filled with solder because that's what actually makes the seal. Um, the solder actually um, fills that space in fully and bonds. And so if there's any corrosion or dust or dirt in there that gets between the copper and the solder, then it won't uh, make a decent seal. Anyway, this flux, because it's hot and gooey and greasy, it... Um, uh, causes movement inside there, and the uh, the solder just follows it in. Because it would get hot and gooey and greasy when you heated the pipe, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. Mm. It's pretty gooey and greasy to begin with, but it, it heats up, and I think the heat activates the acid a bit more, too. To Well, heat always accelerates um, sure. chemical reaction, eh? So, yeah. Um, and it, it just draws the solder right up into there and uh, uh, makes a good tight seal all around. If you take them apart, it's very interesting. If you take a joint apart after you heat it and take it apart, you can, in fact, see that the entire, um, there's a, a rim in, all inside there where that pipe was inside the, uh, the fitting. And, uh, and that, that flux is left. Yeah, uh, well, not the flux, but the, the solder itself. Okay. The solder really does run right inside the entire and fills that space, uh, and it can be just, you know, the thickness of a hair or less. Yeah. But the solder fills that in. Now, you say take it apart. If you want it apart, you just heat it and pull it apart. That's right. Uh, it sounds a little easier than it is. Yeah. <laughs> but that's basically what happens, yeah. And that's interesting, too. You, you know it's clean because as you heat them up, um, and particularly in the case of an elbow where you've got maybe an extra length of pipe, you can sort of twist it, and it squeaks, just like uh, squeaky clean, you know, mm -hmm. air if it's well washed, if you yeah. have any. You can actually hear it squeak as you turn the... The pipe, so you know it's uh, it's good and clean in there. Well, you obviously have done a lot of this. Have you ordered one of these pistol grip torches yet? Uh, uh, probably tonight. Probably tonight. <laughs> That's uh, one of the things tonight. Now, if you don't mind me asking, is your wife sighted or not? No, my wife is blind as well. Although she did have a lot of sight when she when I first knew her. And your children? Um, Our children all see. All see. Yeah, I have um, a, a lad who's 25. He's graduated from his second thing. Now he's. Uh, Got a degree in art from uh, in visual arts and in, uh, now a certificate in um, computer graphic design. I have another daughter who's now out in, fun, uh, in uh, British Columbia, and she's uh, an elementary school teacher. And uh, my oldest daughter is an elementary school teacher down in Lindsay, near um, in southern Ontario. So just you and mom home now, just huh? Me and mom home, yeah. Well, that's nice. You get more time to do things. Do you do you have uh, an air compressor? Do you do use a nail gun or? I do have an air compressor, but I don't have a nail gun. I haven't had the compressor very long. Um, I don't know. I do it all, uh, you know, with a with a with a good old fashioned hammer. Uh huh. <laughs> You've heard some of our suggestions on how to drive a nail straight by using a board with a, a notched. Yeah, I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. I've never done that. I just uh, bang them. 
Um, yeah, well, if you're doing framing nails, you wouldn't need that. I mean, you just bang them. Usually, no. But if you're doing little small work that you where you're tacking uh, something together, a little furniture, or you're making a box or you're something, I think that would I think that would work, probably work out you pretty good. You know what I found really neat? There's a device out there. I can't remember a Brad. It might be called a Brad nailer. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but it's um, it's like a how would I describe? Like an awl, you know, um, a pointy. A device, uh, a wooden handle mm -hmm. that comes down into a narrow tube, something like a turkey baster, I suppose it would look like. Okay. And um, it's spring-loaded, and there's a little piston inside this thing. So what you do is you push your little um, finishing nails or little brads up inside this tube, and then you apply it where you want to, get the direction you want, and you just push down hard on this on the handle, and it drives the piston through the tube, which is spring-loaded, and the pin with it right into your wood. And if necessary, you can give it a tap or two with a hammer. So this is almost the same principle as what we used to call a Yankee drill, where you you push down, you you get the bit there, and you just push down oh, on yeah. the drill, and it it turns the the bit is turned. I, I haven't seen one. that. Only yeah. there's nothing turning. There's no real moving part. Yeah. It's just uh, just a piston that slides inside this tube. Yeah. But other than that, very similar. Now, what is this thing called, and where does one? I, I got to I see one. I got at a local hardware store, and they're only worth yeah. a couple of bucks. What what do they what do they call them? Do you know? Do you have any idea? <laughs> I would ask, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. And the one I got, I need to replace, too, because uh, I uh, damaged it a bit. But well, the guy would probably know if you went in a hardware store. I think store so. It's a, it's a Brad nailer, I think. Only they'll yeah. want to sell you a, you know, a, a gas-powered one or something. Uh, well, yeah. But, uh, they want to sell you. little manual Brad nailers. And they're dandy. I've used it for... Oh, lots of little projects, especially where you're yeah. using finishing nails of, you know, inch and a quarter or inch nails or something like that. Of course, they make an electric, a little electric uh, nail uh, oh, yeah. brander that you sure can... Oh, yeah. do. But then you got to plug it in and all that. Screw yeah, this would be handy. This you could drop in your pocket and just Absolutely, walk around yeah. with. And especially, you know, it's just... Yeah. I can't think where I've used them recently, but there's all kinds of situations. And what's really nice is it's, it's perfectly safe and you can just... I mean, it's just the point of this thing, so you know exactly where it's going to go. It's easy to get it in a straight line. It'd be hard uh, to hurt yourself with it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, very hard. Very and hard. for soft woods, yeah. you can usually push them in by hand. Well, I think we could probably talk a long time if we wanted to. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I I wish I was up there. We'd have a cold one and visit and uh, talk uh, woodwork. And uh, I'd like to see all your tools and and uh, what you, all all the things you built. Oh yeah! Uh, if you're ever up in this area, anybody do uh, just look me up. Um, we would uh, we got lots of room right now, and um, in <laughs> fact, there's lots of finishing left to be done. So I imagine I can uh, give you a trowel and get you going with the plaster. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about real plaster or sheetrock? You talking? Uh, about while the sheetrock's up, I need to finish the plaster work. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm sorry I can't come this winter. I, I won't be there. <laughs> you, you've been a you've been a most interesting guest, and and uh, I, I want to have you back on. And I also I'm we're starting a, a new show that I'll tell you about a little bit later that I think you would fit right in. It's going to be called Blind Like Me. Ah. That we're going to do, and we're going to explore blind uh, blind people who have have been successful and who have learned that blindness is really just an inconvenience. It's not yeah. a handicap. It's it's just an inconvenience. You can have a nice family and a good job and a good life, even though you can't see. And that's that's the thing we want to instill in. Because I remember being terrified when I was a kid. What the, what am I going to do? You know. Anyway, we're going to run. And and I thank you very much. And tell your wife and kids hi. And we'll talk with you later, Dale. Oh, great. All right. Thank you, Dale. Dale Levins has been our guest on the Blind Handyman. We'll be back with more in just a minute.
ACB Radio Mainstream. The Cafe. ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear. Bye. Unpredictable internet on ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic, and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. Don't risk the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program. Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB radio. is The Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. Be sure and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. Okay, we've uh, we've been talking and have had a lot of discussion here lately on the list here in the last week or so about decks. And uh, I want to talk about a little deal here to... to uh, dress up your deck a little bit just just something for sighted folks to look at but it, it's kind of a neat thing to have mr houston i know <laughs> i know since you have a new deck that has just been built oh yeah that you'll just be jumping right on this little project here okay but it's absolutely a blind friendly project uh phil has has done this also over here around his uh patio deck area and that's uh installing putting up uh what they call a rope light Uh and what this rope light basically is it comes in like 18 foot sections and unlike christmas lights you know that use the little wires and the little bulbs and i always thought were more of a pain in the neck really than what they were worth (laughs) these rope lights uh are in a long flexible how would you say phil tube yeah, it's it's a it. it's a big long rubber uh, tube, and there's one. You think it's you think it's it's not an 18 foot section. Ours is the one we bought are 18 footers. Well, I guess you can buy lengths. It seems like ours Apparently were. You can buy different lengths of it. I but. think ours were 10 feet long each. The ones we got now, I got four of them. Yeah, which made 40 feet, which went up and then across and then down. So I think, but and and they they are, and there's a light every eight inches. Oh, yeah. Ours are more often than that. Is they're, that right? They're just all practically ever two or three inches all the way along the tube. So yours are closer together than, than these. So obviously they sell several different kinds. Yeah, apparently they do. But they're on a long tube, and it's, uh, it's, it's, they're like Christmas lights, except that 
they're much easier to work with because oh, you don't have those easier. little tiny wires. And, and you couldn't change. You, if, if you had a problem, you couldn't change a bulb. I mean, I, I assume you just throw them away if you have a, if you have a bulb. I, I don't know. The bulbs probably last Well, a there's a guy time, that's but. never seen one even. I paid attention to it. You're saying that all the wiring and stuff is encased in kind in of this a tube. flexible rubber? In this, yeah, in flexible tube. rubber and then, tube. So how would you go about, so you've got 18-foot section, but I've got a 36-foot area I want to do, how do you Ah, it? yeah. You <laughs> well, here's, here's the beauty That's of the thing about That's the part that done that I have Here's the beautiful, here's the the beautiful thing ours. about them. They come with a plug on one end to plug into your outlet and an outlet on the other end so you could string two strings together. Like Christmas tree lights. Yeah, like okay. Christmas tree lights. But rather than an outlet on, on both ends, ours has an outlet on one end and, and like a screw thing that you, it, it'd be like putting two pipes together. And then that plugs into the other, right? These one, two yeah. tubes. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and so yeah. you just, you just, well, what I did was took the, like each one I string I bought had an outlet on one end and a plug on the other. Right. So I pl- you plug them in and then on the other end you take the outlet off. Let's see. Is that how it worked? Is that how, let me let me I'm gonna have to go Ours look at it. Ours has a cap so, on on both of both tubes we bought have a cap on a, an outlet on one end. You know I think you're right. I, I, I you think you I think you got something. Simply there. remove the cap and screw and 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 put another string on. Right. Just yeah. add another string. Just keep, I think when you okay okay I got it. The when you, when you take the <coughs> I think the outlet plug can unscrew. Hope I live through the, the winter. End. The well, actually, what unscrew? What, yeah, what unscrew? Both of them, I think, unscrew, and then they'll screw together. Yeah, that's how I think it works. Both of well, them unscrew. So you have a choice. You maybe, to maybe it does have a cap. Maybe it does have a cap, and you take. But you don't use the. You take the plug off, and they both screw together. That's the right. Deal. That's it doesn't right. have an outlet. It has a cap on the other. It has a plug on one end, a cap on the, the other cap end. On the other you end. take the cap off, and then you take the plug off the next string, and they'll just screw together. Yep. And in one section, is it flexible? You can bend it to oh, a 45 yeah. Yeah. Wrap it around poles. Anything you, you want to do, Don. Right. You, could, you could wrap it around anything. Deck rails. And so I, I've got a deck with not much of a rail, but can you put them on the ground? Are they weatherproof? Yeah, they're waterproof. Yeah. All weatherproof. Yeah. Do anything okay. you want. And they, come, oh, and they come with these neat little hanging brackets. I mean, they're... they're this is what they're for. They have a neat little a little plastic bracket that you just that just requires one, one screw. screw. Uh, did I use the screws that came with them? I did. I did too. And boy, they were cheap little headed screws. I didn't like them. I, let's see. The I, I couldn't. I think I couldn't <laughs> find anything. <laughs> I couldn't find anything to fit them. So I think I got some screws. I don't think. I think I threw them away. But either way, if you had some small drywall screws, same difference. I, I had some small drywall screws, which I think I don't think I liked the screws they had. Oh, the screws they had were. They were. Really. They were. I couldn't find a screwdriver to fit them, and I got every size screwdriver there is. <laughs> <laughs> I used my drill, but I ended up stripping out a lot of the head. Uh, Let me ask you this. Now, is this what? something that somebody would, if they were driving in front of your house where your deck is, where my deck is, for example. Right. Yeah. All right. Now, you would mount it on the outside of the railing on my deck? Yeah. Or on so top of the ra- wherever you wanted it. Or name. up under the eaves or just however yeah. you wanted them. Just, just, but, but it's for them to view from yeah. the street looking into my house. Yeah. Or well, it you creates a good soft lighting. Just give of you some soft light sitting around at night. one big spot, harsh light. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like in my house, I have a ramp, so it would be yeah. even good lighting. You could write up yeah. your, the whole okay. edges of, of your ramp on both sides. Uh-huh. You know, just hey. Oh, Man, wow. you really could, couldn't you? you oh really yeah, could. that'd be great for that. that well, well, Don, I had a question. Like, uh, obviously, you, the replacement bulbs. What, what are the I bulbs? Don't, I don't think like? you can replace a bulb. Uh, They're all just sealed inside of these tubes, weatherproof. 
Well, you know, you know, you could. I mean, I'm they, not sure that they're even bulbs. I think they're diodes. Oh, I was going to say, these do you think it's like these, uh, these kids' toys that you break, you know, and they light emitting diodes? Yeah, that's what I think they are. I, I think they're, they're light emitting diodes. Bugs, and so, if one craters or if it craters, probably the whole thing is going to. Probably. You probably don't know lose about the that. Strength. You know, the, the dumb know thing how is, you'd get is why didn't we so. read the instructions here? <laughs> I don't know. None of us read the instructions. I don't know. I just looked at him and said, hell, I know how to put these up. Go on, babe. I'll get them up. How Expensive, well, yeah. Are they? Uh, How expensive? I don't remember. Ours were six dollars for eighteen foot. My goodness, that's so. not bad. And these little clips we're talking about, all you do is put in the one screw, whether you use their screws, yeah. drywall screws, whatever you use. Yeah. Once you get the clip in, then it's like a little flexible, you know, plastic gizmo on each side of the tube, and you just push the whole tube into this clip. Snaps into this little and bracket, and, and, and bingo. Oh, it's a Don, are they all in multicolored lights? The are, one, are yours all the same color? The ones Mary bought are red, white, and blue, okay. but they make all different colors. Ah, the old patriotic. Well, mine are yeah. on the deck up there. When we walk to the house, I'll just flip them on. I've yeah, got them on. Yeah, it kind of looks like, like uh, 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 Taco Cabana up there at night. When it could look, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Margarita Taco Cabana right yeah, now. No kidding. Get them on the phone. Man, well, get them uh, on the phone. But you could make your room like, like if you strung them around the, edges, the edge of the ceiling, all the way uh, around right. this room here, for an example. It'd look like a bar if the lights were off and these things were just on around the edges of, yeah. the, of okay. the room. It looked Which neat. always looked reminds cool. me and Patty so. the John Sled story. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, uh, let me ask you this, Don. What color is the tubing? Can it, is it black or white? It's or clear. A neutral eye. Ah, the okay. tubing is clear. It's clear. Yeah. That's even better because you, you really can't see them when they're off. Your colored really. lights inside. Yeah. That's right. How so. neat. It's pretty cool. And obviously they come in different sizes. Because I think mine were 10-foot sections and I used four of them. Or maybe I, I used... They just come in different lengths. As we bought the two 18-footers to give us, of course... And ran, where did you put them over there? And then there? Mary already had some other type of lights in the middle. That's why I didn't know about connecting them together. Because actually we ran a, I ran a string on each side of the patio. So okay. I didn't actually connect them together. Yeah, well, you just take but, the plug off and the cap off and they screw together. Well, I do mean, these have an on and off switch? Are they like no, Christmas no, tree lights? No. you got to plug you in plug and, plug and buy a strip in. and turn yeah. it yeah, okay. plug yeah. man. I put them on a tap line outside because we always need plugs outside, so I just mounted a tap line there. Oh, sure. And tap line a is switch. a long thing with six plugs. It's got a switch on it, and so when we want them on, she just turns them on. Do right. She, she, uh, they were the thing to have, I guess, and we've got... And they put out some good light. I mean, it's not like bright light. You know, you yeah. couldn't read with it or anything. But, I mean, it's good, like, for sitting around drinking a cold drink or what. I mean, it's just good. Yeah, yeah. it certainly brings with it a certain atmosphere. I kind of yeah. like them. You think kinda, so? Yeah. You know, cool. Do Sorry. they re repel mosquitoes or anything? No. <laughs> they ought to. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> be nice. Now, there's your an idea. So you there's your billion-dollar right. idea exactly. right there. I hear you. If you can make anything that repel mosquitoes, it would be a... But you think they're sort of an aphrodisiac, Pat? That's kind of what you're thinking they'd be. <laughs> no, I mean, they just kind of... No, you you, newlyweds, you newlyweds trouble me. I, no, I, I think more of the ice house uh, effect, you know, sitting... The old ice house, we used to bust in the ice house. That's it, more of the ice house effect. Yeah, just kind of sitting there having a cold one. And we just ran ours to each end of the patio, and then, of course, we have a pole on each end, to, you know, that, that, of course, holds up the roof, and we just kind of wrapped a spiraled them around the pole coming down yeah. like, to the ground. Oh, it turned out neat. They're just... Neat little things to have. Plug in your lights every night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Here late, you know, while they're new. Yeah. Until the newness wears off. Yeah. <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> newness well, is new. But a blind-friendly <laughs> project, also, man. Also, your wife's a barber, right? 
So uh, red, white, and blue. Oh, well, yeah, ball. yeah. Perfect. Speaking yeah. of patriotic that, and speaking of that, John, I've got to have a haircut before I go play this. Jerry, she cut my hair in the morning. Well, you never can tell. All I right. bet she might be able to do uh, that. Maybe we get asked to. Boy, I wonder it. how blind-friendly cutting hair would be. That's something we haven't discussed. The blind <laughs> barber. If there is the a blind barber out there, will you please call? I never thought of that. The blind barber. We need to talk about that. I wonder how many people would go to the blind barber. Probably the blind people would it matter you know to it <laughs> would true. it matter to you if your barber was blind it'd be like it, phil what was the old guy up on southwood drive what was his name we used to go up there and get hair oh isn't it isn't it you mean uh, uh you used to listen to radio show all the time yeah. his name was oh, oh never I can't think remember I can't he's a guy that but anyway if you'd go to him you'd go to a blind barber well he was practically <laughs> it's blind. not weird really? eugene is it no 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 this guy's name was it it wasn't harvey was it uh no I'll never think of that guy. I wonder if a blind person uh, could cut hair by God. A blind barber. Right? Somebody out there has got to know. There's physical therapists and all kind of other folks doing different things that are blind. So why don't, you know, why yeah, we've don't run across barber. two physical therapists, and I we never have. would have thought, is the battery going out on my radio? I guess it is. Something's happening here. Anyway, we the blind barber. If anybody knows about a blind barber, be sure and give us a call because we... Yeah, we want to have you as a guest on either show. Uh, we want to have you a guest on either show. i got to do some Well, I'd like to talk to some of the satisfied customers. Yeah, we need to talk to the customers. <laughs> that would be the thing to do, wouldn't it? Well, if you, if you applied to barber school, what would they tell you, you know? I don't know. Ah, oh, caramba. <laughs> yeah, my brother Wallace, who was also blind, went down and tried to join the Army. Of course, knowing him, it was just a gag. I mean, he and Butch Wagner and... James Duncan and two or three of them went down trying to join the army. It was just a gag. They just thought it'd be funny. The Austin Statesman did a big article on these patriotic blind men. <laughs> I was trying to join the army. And it was just, it was all BS to my brother. Patriotic blind guys trying to. And Wallace was just having a big time on town day at the blind school there, you know. And the Austin American Statesman. Blind guys trying to join the army. This was back during the war, you know. And end up in the newspaper. Yeah, ended up in the newspaper, kind of like us. When is it? Hell of a deal. Well, maybe that would help our show some. Maybe let's all try to go join up and see if we can get in the paper someplace. Join something, huh? Well, we did uh, did win our last war. It wasn't much of a war. We just kind of marched across there. Uh-huh. We're about out of time, we guys. It's about to, we about run it for another yeah, hard show number, believe, number 43. Uh, 41. Uh, 41. 41. Yeah. 41. Uh, so it, we'd like to have you on the list. That would be blind handyman dash subscribe at uh, Yahoo, Yahoo Groups, Group. Yahoo Groups dot com. And are you still on the list, Pat? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. And believe yeah. you me, if you don't check your email pretty regular, it does fill up. There, you can right? if you don't do it every day. You can get a pile of you can get a pile <laughs> yeah. of stuff. Because see, I screwed up and signed up to another list too. Yeah. And so, well, I mean, I didn't mean signing up to blind animal. This was a screw up. But I mean, this, yeah. this other list I signed up to. That was uh, the blind accordion players. No, yeah. it's uh, blind barbers actually. The blind blind barbers. <laughs> blind barbers. You need to type in blind barbers and see what happens. See what happens. See what we come up blind, with. Blind huh? barber. Just do it in a Yahoo search or something. Yeah. Blind barbers. Well, uh, we've done another one, and if you'd like yeah. to email us, and we'd love to have you email us. It's just kind of disappointing when you have in a week that you get no email from your radio Big, show. You know, not a zip. zip. Of course, we always got stuff to read because the list is always active, so you oh, can't, yeah. we always you can't shut to us read. down now. I remember when we think, well, if we don't get an email, they don't think doing this show. You know, well, that's not true anymore. We always got We always got email. We can come up with something. Uh, but email at blindhandyman at hotmail.com. That's blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Send a $10 bill. 
No, you don't, we don't need money. Well, but anyway. that'll get you into the club tomorrow night. That'll get you into the club tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll, we'll hold a spot open for you. It's <laughs> Phil, Phil Plar and Blind Zebra, our band, playing tomorrow. Blind, Blind Cheetah. Uh, Blind Zebra. Cheetah. As opposed to Deaf Leopard. As opposed to Deaf Leopard. Blind Cheetah. Yeah. Uh, the new group. I'll have the new group, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Anyway, we'll do it again next week. Thank you, Don Patterson. Yes, sir. Enjoy and uh, Tom Houston. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Don Shaw. Yeah. Don't introduce them both at the same time anymore. I'm Phil Parr reminding yeah. you, I see, said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions. 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.